Let me introduce you. Let me introduce you. Welcome to Let Me Introduce You. Um, hey, what are you listening to? We are a podcast of three best friends from film school. Uh, we met almost 20 years ago. Um, and it's a, it's a film and friendship podcast where each week one of us introduces at least one other person to a brand new film. Because, yo, when you're friends for 20 years, you have a lot of stuff in common, right? Except we found out that there are places where our tastes in films are wildly divergent. Uh, and, and it's a lot of good fun. So I am Ashley. Um, this week it was, it's my pick, and I'm joined by my lovely co-hosts. Hello, I'm Graham. Hello, I'm Katie. Oh. Look at that. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. I love it. We are currently watching our fourth episode of our theme. It's a disaster. Disaster. It's a disaster. I love it. Um, Films that are just truly terrible for one reason or another. Um, So far, we've talked about. I mean, terrible. I would say terrible. Their performance performance was terrible. Yes, their budget versus money in is abysmal. Yeah, they just they didn't make that sweet sweet cash that the film industry. I mean, uh, Hudson Hawk was Shakespeare. So. <laughs> <laughs> sure, it was it was something. Yes, it was something for sure. <laughs> Actually, I was just listening. Uh, we were just before the the recording. We were talking about the nanny, which was on HBO Max, and Hudson Hawk is mentioned in the episode that we just listened mm. to watched because Mr. Sheffield puts on a play at, at his daughter's school and they say never since Hudson Hawk has there been such a calamity of, <laughs> of art and I was like oh Brandon that's funny we just watched that we're, we're uh, at the end of our second season so, so finale yes it is it's our finale episode so thank you all for joining us um this week uh was my pick Ashley um and we <laughs> are talking about a uh Climate disaster action movie. We are talking about 1995's Waterworld, the film that was to launch Kevin Costner as an action star. (laughs) And in a surprise to no one, he is not an action star. He had done action films before this. Had he? Robin Hood. The Untouchables. I guess I I just don't. I don't. I guess I don't think of The Untouchables as. Action. I think of when I think of Kevin Costner, I think of Field of Dreams mm-hmm. and Dances with Wolves. Mm-hmm. And The Bodyguard. The Bodyguard. The Bodyguard. Oh, maybe he is a little more action-y than I imagined him. Yeah. Maybe it's just because in my memory he was so bad at this, he just failed at action <laughs> entirely. It's fun how childhood memory just just mm-hmm. kind of warps things. How can um, he be bad when all of his lines are in like two or three sentences max? I don't understand. (laughs) Brevity is not the soul of wit in this film. No. Yeah. So, Graham, can you tell us a little bit more about this initial box office disaster that, like, oddly turned a profit decades later? Yeah. So this was released in 1995. It was going to be one of the the big summer movies of, of that year. This is the summer of... Um, Batman Forever came out this summer, Apollo 13, you know, Pocahontas was big. So this was supposed to be also like a big, a big summer movie budgeted at $175 million in 1995 money. That's Uh, a lot. Run that through U.S. inflation calculator. You'll see how much that is now. Uh, That must be what? Like over 300 million. It opened number one. July twenty, the weekend of July twenty eighth, at with twenty one point two million dollars. Um, the other films opening that weekend were, were Sandra Bullock's The Net. Anyway. I like The Net. I like The Net a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And of course, Disney's Operation Dumbo Drop. Mm. Anyone? I don't remember. I, I do. I I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. It, it, it finished up its run in America with eighty-eight point two million dollars. Yikes! Oof. 
worldwide, it made $264 million. So, wow, y'all, that's like $175 million. That must mean it made a bit of a profit. No, 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 no. Marketing costs. Ah. Um, and the fact that um, movie theaters keep a portion of those ticket prices. So this lost a huge amount of money for Universal Pictures. Ouch. But as mm. Ashley mentioned, a few years later, it did become profitable with home video sales, much like Hudson Hawk. Interesting. Okay. All right. It it looks like it cost a fair amount of money. There was almost entire practical effects or uh, there's only one CG thing. So I was like, yeah, it looks like they did most of these in real life. There's actually there's actually two. There <gasps> is the sea creature and Kevin Costner's receding hairline. Oh, <laughs> burn. Sick burn. Take yeah. that, Costner. <laughs> I mean, he's the one who requested it, so That's CGI was funny. not cheap. Wait, in the he mid-90s. wanted a CGI'd receding hairline. No, they, he wanted them to fix oh. his receding hairline. <laughs> you know, your hair's wet. This whole this whole thing takes place at sea, and you yes. can just whew. yeah. What it's is okay, really Kevin. About? It is okay. Before Katie provides the synopsis, I just want to say I was a young eleven-year-old girl. Um, and every summer, my family, we would go on these road trips. Um, and it was very rare that we would go out to movies during these because we were like camping and being outdoors or whatever. Uh, so little 11-year-old Ashley goes to see this movie um, in Jackson Hole, Wyoming with my family, which is like our favorite place to go. And we all walk out. And it was the first time I ever said, that was the worst movie that I've ever seen. <laughs> I thought it was... Awful. <laughs> and my opinion has changed slightly. Because mm. when you're young, you usually love everything you see, right? And yeah, you're just like, oh my god, this is great. And like, I've definitely seen way worse things since then. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I was probably influenced a little bit. Like, I was the youngest um, of three kids, and like everybody else in my family was like, that was awful. Yeah. So I jumped on a little bit. Like, yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> that but was I was so just bad. kind of like bored too. Mm. Um. But Katie, can you can you please tell us what what is this climate disaster action movie disaster? I about? would be more than happy to bring everyone in for the epic Aqua Quest that is Waterworld. Ooh, Aqua Quest. Mm-hmm. Katie, you like this movie, I'm guessing. I do. I okay. like this movie <laughs> for uh, for some, you know. I just I just think it's funsies. Um but uh, I, I also like the conceit, but we can, we can talk about that a bit later. But, mm. so let me tell you all about Waterworld. The film... Wait, what, what oh. is it? Waterworld? Waterworld? Oh my god, Water you guys are going to hear me so, say that so word a lot today. Yeah. Yes! Water. That's maybe... I didn't know why you had me that, do but I synopsis. love it. I love god it. That's why, you, that's why you picked it, Ashley. Talk about Waterworld. <laughs> uh, Jersey right. accent. I love when Well, it get ready. Out. It's coming. Uh, so the film opens as any good film does with our hero, the Mariner played by Kevin Costner peeing into a jar and then drinking it. (laughs) I mean, there was a purification system sort of. There was, but that's just setting up the tone for this world that we now, that we live in. So we get a glimpse into this water world. Hundreds of years ago, humans caused the polar ice caps to melt, covering the planet earth in water. Ocean. The mariner, we learn, has evolved over this time, as animals tend to do when their environments change, into an ichthyosapien, a half-fish, half-human mutant hybrid with gills and webbed feet. Muto. He's a muto. So when he's trading for goods on an atoll, we hear that there is a child with a map tattooed on her back, a map to dry land. But... These two guys aren't the only ones looking for the reverse Atlantis. Enter the smokers, so-called because, well, they, they all smoke cigarettes uh, a lot. And they, they are dependent on fossil fuels. So uh, they're on the hunt for the map as well. And so begins our epic showdown as the smokers, who are led by the scenery-chewing Dennis Hopper as Deacon... Uh, decimate the atoll, and the mariner barely escapes with his life. Uh, the so-called the the aforementioned child Enola 
played by Tina Majorino, and her caretaker, Helen, played by uh, Jean Triplehorn. Sorry if I'm... Jean. Jean Triplehorn. Uh, they both escape with the Mariner, and in time, the trio hunts for dry land, and they bring the Mariner out of his shell. I'm going to have some more water jokes, but... I know, I know folks don't have shells. Oh, whatever. <laughs> uh, so nice. as the trio sails on the Mariner's catamaran, the smokers are in hot pursuit. Helen demands to know where Dryland is. The Mariner, delivering most of his lines, as I said, in two or three sentences max, takes her under the water and shows her the ruins of society submerged by the ocean. But shock... Dennis Hopper and his one eye have caught up to them. He steals Enola, and they hightail it back to the D's, a.k.a. the Exxon Valdez, where the smokers live. Not really apt. Yes. uh, Very, you know, timely. Um, Not really knowing how to read the tattoo map on Enola's back, Dennis Hopper has zero plans for how to find dry land, but in true politician mode, he revs up his followers and on for the hunt. But of course... He's like an early Trump... Uh, he's, he's, he's got a lot to say and no plan. So who knows? Uh, but the Mariner has grown to care for this human and he takes his one man band heroism to the Valdez, lights the entire place on fire, kills Dennis Hopper in a very odd bungee cord jet ski collision, um, absconding with Anola and Helen on a hot air balloon They finally figure out that the tattooed map on her back is upside down as the poles have reversed on the planet Earth and latitude and longitude um, point in the opposite directions. Huzzah! And everybody finds dry land. But the Mariner, a man of the sea, doesn't belong on dry land. And he leaves once again into the open water. Connections severed, lines shears as he dives back into Waterworld. The end. You do always give a really beautiful synopsis. I try. Thank you. It's like you work with writing for a living or something. Almost. It's wild. So I'm sensing some very different reactions between you two. Um, And (laughs) I got to say, I I don't think it's the worst film I've ever seen. Um, I have certainly worked on worse films. Um, But I was kind of like, it just kind of missed the mark for me. Um, But I want to know, what do you two think? This movie is stupid. (laughs) (laughs) It was both too much and not enough for me. Mm. Uh, He was so boring as a lead in this movie. He was so terse. He was, like, he brought nothing to this. There was no background of him. if you're going to introduce the whole mutant thing, where are there? Where are the others? Are there others? Yeah. How did they happen? How did this What's happen? What's going on? Um, it was it was so cheesy in certain parts. I'm thinking at the end when Tina Marjorino is giving a monologue, like he is a good man and he's <laughs> gonna fight and he's gonna... oh yeah, and then it's just him like going through the ship and like slitting everyone's throats and shit. Yeah. <laughs> he hasn't earned this. He's not that good of a guy. The only one looking like he was having fun with Dennis Hopper. Yeah, that's true. I didn't care about any of the good people. I wanted to spend all my time with those smokers. I thought that that world that they had created on on that ship was super interesting. It, it gave me flashes of Mad Max repeatedly. Definitely, oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. The, especially the characters in that setting. Um, you know, it, he was basically a Morton Joe in this from 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 Fury Road. Yeah, so. Uh, it was fascinating to see something that that was built on such a, a huge scale. I mean, the sets were incredible, and in that there were, the action sequences would go on for like fifteen, twenty minutes. And I was kind of really when the when the smokers first arrive at that atoll, and that scene goes on for like twenty minutes. I was like, "This is fun, yeah!" <laughs> and just like water skis and like 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 uh, uh, jet, jet skis, skis and just like blowing shit up. Uh, it, it was just fun, like when it when it leaned into just the absurdity of the situation. But when it started to get preachy, I was just like, "Okay, Kevin, you ha- you have not earned this." And I know <laughs> that this ha- production had a very troubled production, oh, and we're yeah. gonna, I'm sure we're going to get into that because mm. um, he 
as Kevin Costner had, I'm not going to say who is now, but at the time he probably had a huge ego after Dance with the Wolves and the huge success of The Bodyguard and Prince Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. He is on a roll. So yeah, this is another ego-driven thing, you know, just like Hudson uh, Hawk. Another I can do no wrong. So. Yeah, I, I thought the, the good guys were completely underdeveloped. I didn't care about them. I, I did like Michael Jeter. Uh, I do love him um, as the balloon guy in this movie. Yeah. Oh, my God. I liked him so much. Yeah. But, yeah, I wanted more, like, tongue-in-cheek, and I just – this was dumb. Did you want more puns? Would it? I would it love more I, I the once The one thing, scene that I thought was super funny was – and remind me, he Dennis Hopper loses an eye in that first. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. first attack. So when they go to the ship and they're putting in the stone in his eye, and the guy like paints an eyeball on it. Yeah, and he turns and goes, "How's it look?" And all of his cronies go, oh, "It looks good." Yeah, <laughs> it's just like really funny. Con- like that was fun comedy. That like that. Like, no, and he turns see. to the kid yeah. and he's like. He's like, how does that look? He goes, it looks like shit. Yeah. He's like, love children, no guile. Yeah, that, you know? that was fun. He did not deserve his Razzie for worst supporting actor. Oh, like, absolutely agreed. Yeah. No, I mean, if anything, he made it fun to watch. Like, Dennis Hopper was playing classic Dennis Hopper villain. But, like, I, yeah, I enjoyed every single time he was on screen. He was absurd. But, like, that is what the character called for. That is what this film called for. You needed that contrast if he wasn't so absurd we would have fucking fallen asleep even through like some cool action sequences we still would have been like what is happening was this this was right after speed right was this the year after speed one year after yeah okay okay um and just a couple years after uh the the mario movie oh dear god Oh my god, I, I actually that. really like that movie. Ashley. <laughs> Did you know his name is Mario Mario? I did not know that. It is? We need a it's Mario that. Mario. I'm sure and they Luigi just couldn't Mario. think of a last name for him. Luigi or a first Mario? name. Yeah, that's their name, <laughs> apparently. Well, it keeps it easy. I, yeah. I like this movie only because... So first of all, I love the conceit. I love uh, survival movies. I love post-apocalyptic movies. Well, stories, actually. Yeah. Um, you know, I like survival stuff. Um, so, and and that's some of my, the, when I read books, those are some of my favorite books, like last person on the planet, planets covered in whatever water, you know, this is not a new concept. Um, so I like that. And I like, you know, just seeing one person try to survive, like Castaway, Cool. But, um, you know, it was just like, I think the costuming really threw me because uh, it's the hats. The hats, I think, were, were getting to me because there were all these hats. And I'm like, okay, I get it. You need sun protection because you're out in the sun all the time. But all the hats were, like, made of nets or webs or whatever. And uh, it was just like a big – it was – you know what it was? It was Sandra Bernhardt's hat from Hudson yeah. Hawk. <laughs> so, um, so, I was very worried about all of their SPF routines. I, I know. Yeah. But I didn't understand how Gene Triplehorn's outfit was like so well fitted. But then when she just disrobes in a second in order to seduce Kevin Costner, I was like, wait, that doesn't, that doesn't make, and like, where are the lines from the clothes pressing into your body? Because you're clearly dehydrated (laughs) because hydro, which is like their alcohol, but it's purified water is like hard to come by. Right. I was like, I don't. Hmm. Oh, is it alcohol? I thought it was just water. Yeah. I mean, it's not alcohol, but it's like their alcohol, right? Mm. Like the hydroholic, like supposed to be, you know. <sighs> okay. I have a question. Shoot. When he goes to the, the atoll in the beginning and he's brings his beautiful, his beautiful ship, not ship, what is it? Catamaran, the catamaran? catamaran. He brings his, it's a trimaran. When he brings oh, it in gorgeous. there. And then they're showing, like, someone has died, and they're lowering the body into some goop. Is that poop? No, they're get- well, maybe. They're getting recycled, like, quote-unquote recycled, because the little speech that the guy's giving is, like, you know, veins to vines, blood to whatever. Uh, so they recycle their dead. So I'm sure it's some sort of, like, acid or some sort of, like... Thing? What are they going to do? With it's the body? some sort of like purification, Fertilizer. composting thing at sea. I didn't. 
I understood that it meant to like break down the body and take her nutrients to like feed the dirt that they had, but I didn't oh. understand it beyond that. I saw it was giant fat of poop. It could be. I mean, poop is fertilizer, so maybe that's what they use to help, Ooh, like... Gross. And then he's lowered into it, probably gets in his mouth. <laughs> it gets in his gills. Why does he have pink eye? Yes, why does he not have conjunctivitis? <laughs> also, if you're going to show me one giant sea monster... Right! Okay, show yes. me more. You can't... Mm-hmm. That, okay. When they introduced that, I texted you guys and said, literally, what the fuck? Because <laughs> he just, like throws his body on the back of the ship and is just, like, letting the, the catamaran drag him. And suddenly this giant sea monster comes up. Well, he was bleeding. I know. So he was making himself bait. No, but I, I wanted agree. To... I wanted to see the whole thing. Yeah, it was just that. Because was... they didn't have enough money because they spent all their money because they literally bought all of the steel in Hawaii. Did they really? So, yes. So let's talk about this production yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So... Talked a little about it. It was written by Peter Rader and David Toohey. Um, and they acknowledged that, like, the Mad Max trilogy was a huge influence on them, especially the Road Warrior. So those Mad Max vibes you're getting are very, very obvious. Um, it was directed by Kevin Reynolds. Um, and this film went through, like, a few different iterations, like, before Kevin Costner got interested like at one point it was going to be like an animated children's movie or whatever and then you know Kevin Costner got interested interested and it just it jumped what the potential budget could be um and Kevin Costner actually insisted that Kevin Reynolds be given the director's position which is interesting because like later they're just fighting on set and much like the notebook like have to be brought into a room and like duke it out and just kind of like get over it um and yeah it's like apparently Costner had another falling out with Reynolds like later over the film's direction so Mm. very fraught just from that point and he quit Um, right yeah, I think, like, towards the end, he actually quit and, like, Costner had to take over. And it just, like, oh, my God. So, yeah, they were trying to decide between should we film in Australia or um, off the coast of Hawaii? And they were like, oh, well, it'll be winter in Australia, so we should form, we should um, do it in Hawaii. Not realizing the season um and the fact that it was hurricane season (laughs) so like that's part of it is where they're filming out in the open sea and um and kevin costner asked for um like advice from steven spielberg from shooting jaws and he said whatever you do don't shoot shoot or excuse me don't shoot on open water like shoot in the lake or in like a tank or whatever so you have some control uh, but no, because these are such epic scenes, they shot in the open seas and it took forever to set up shots. And so they would only get to do like five or six setups per day. One time, like one of the major ships just got completely destroyed by a hurricane. Kevin Costner sunk $22 million of his own money into this. And like I said, they literally used up all of the steel in Hawaii oh making this movie. I thought you were going like, to say Kevin Costner sunk something, like accidentally one of the sets is at the bottom <laughs> of the ocean. I mean, one of them is because like the fucking like Hurricane Kingdom destroyed the whole thing and it was gone. They had to like completely rebuild it. And they were wanting to build so much of it out of steel, but of course, you know, like there's only so much. So they had to like paint things to make it look like steel and like every day the cast was getting spray tanned so yeah. that they had that more of like weathered look. It just oh my god, there's so much that just went wrong with this. There was one trivia note that I read that angered me which was Kevin Costner set himself up in a suite that cost $4,500 a night whereas everyone else were in these like really bad motel type situations and he had like anything he wanted and it caused personal chef yes it caused a lot of friction on the set because he was so well taken care of and they were like miserable wow (laughs) yeah and it's like, way to treat your crew like shit. Like, you cannot make any film without your crew. Don't make them live like hell. Yep. 
That's so, so dumb. It's so funny. I was I was reading recently that I uh, a similar thing was done for Saving Private Ryan, but for a reason. Like I guess um uh God, what's the what's the name of the Matt um Damon. Matt Damon. Uh yeah, yeah. Matt so Damon. Everyone in the film had to go to this really hard boot camp. Uh like everyone in the in the in the army had to go to this really like intense boot camp for training and Matt Damon was specifically like well taken care of and in a nice hotel and didn't have to go through all that because then it would build natural resentment on set which I guess was needed for the film but in this case uh that almost does the exact opposite like it was it was just done for vanity instead of like story reason yeah <laughs> yeah I can I can almost see where you would do that with the cast because you're trying to convey certain things and so you have certain experiences um that you want them to have to gel like we have been we watched alien and then aliens recently and in aliens they shot um like the first scene of all the marines together they actually shot that last because they wanted to have so much camaraderie yeah, among yeah, yeah. them, you know? And so really getting that, like, um, so, you know, method, Lee Strasberg, like, total, that, to me, it's, like, all that kind of vibe. Like, obviously, I've never been an actor. Oh, I don't or it's Stanislavski. It's Stanislavski. Or Stanislavski. So, One of the two, right? So I can, like, see that, but not treating your crew like shit. Like, your crew has to make everything look good. What the fuck? And evidently... He was going through a messy divorce at this time. Costner, yeah, she's like, or he was maybe not messy, but he was just like he was going through it. So, and yeah, I think that, that there has been talks like that lent itself to a pretty blah performance from him. Yeah, like why he was so terse mm-hmm. and so angry. Um, I was like, you've got gills and webbed feet. That's awesome. Are you yeah. kidding me? You can be underwater as long as you want. You like kind of cool. jump like a dolphin out oh of the my water. God. He jumped like a dolphin and like did his little do 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 under under the water. I <laughs> I wanted. I'm sorry, more. he did his own what? Is that when he's like kicking kicking yeah. his legs like that, like, like the a like a fish? Yeah, like a merman. They just didn't lean into enough of that fun, the fun stuff it could have been. Totally agree. You know? Yeah, and like I so yeah with the smokers like once you saw the D's and like just the way that they were and with Dennis Hopper's performance, like you really believed you believed in who they were and it just told its own sort of backstory, right? Like they're the outlaws. They're doing whatever they can to survive. They their leader knows that like eventually they're going to run out of the oil that is their livelihood. So they're just like living fast and living hard. But like, other than the fact that they wanted to kill Kevin Costner for being a mutant we don't really get into more of his backstory. And it's like, even if, even if you've had some like flashbacks or just some other like hints into it, it could have sold that performance so much better. Evidently is that there's a three hour cut of this movie. With the Ulysses cut, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I heard about that. So maybe there was. (laughs) I didn't mind not getting a backstory on him only because, um, just how with like how evolution works and like, you know, over time, animals evolve for their environment. So, like, a backstory for him doesn't bother me. What was kind of odd is that the people at the Atoll had heard about mutants. They had a name for for them. Um, I kind of wanted to see, like, if there were others. Um, yeah. That would have been cool. Uh, also, I kind of wanted um, Helen to get pregnant and then have, like, like, I thought, you know, if Kevin Costner goes away and then Helen reveals that she's pregnant, uh, what would that baby be? But Did they have sex? They did have sex on the on the smoking ruins of the of the boat. I mean... Yeah, after Enola was taken. Yeah. So obviously your, child's, what, your child's abducted. Let's fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was it exactly. She was like, well, what else am I going to do? We're going to die. My kid's gone. Yeah. I mean, you need comfort to in any form, right? Let's. We haven't talked about. Let's talk about the cast. Okay. Let's get back into a little bit more of uh, how how they made everything show up. We have Kevin Costner as the Mariner. It's all he's ever referred to. He doesn't. He doesn't have a given name. Um, he's coming off of Wyatt Earp, which came out in 1994, failure. Mm-hmm. Um, and he would next go to The Postman, another failed movie. Oh, so I mean, just that one. have a few misses in a row. I mean, that's an even bigger disaster than than. I think that's his biggest disaster because he directed that one fully. That's a fascinating movie. 
I've never seen it, and I almost want to, but sounds like maybe I shouldn't. It is three hours, and it's oh, it is boring. It's about male in a post-apocalyptic <laughs> world. You don't want to waste your time. Also, it's another po- post-apocalyptic movie. Then, yeah. Oh, it's a it's a bummer that you couldn't make Wyatt Earp interesting because it just seems like Wyatt Earp is a fascinating character. Well, I think the problem there is that that was that was a three-hour movie. And, and, you know, you can't play that as often in theaters versus a two-hour movie. So mm-hmm. that, that really hurt that one's box office receipts. Yeah, I never saw that yeah. one. Plus, people are like, do I really want to sit through three hours, you know, in a theater? I mean, and that summer mail. that that came out was Speed and, and The Lion King and, and, like, bigger, more like, oh, that'll be more entertaining than sitting and watching Cowboys for three hours. Yeah. Well, good old good old Kevin Costner. Um, you know, as we mentioned, stayed in his super expensive uh, villa, um, and uh, asked the visual effects crew to hide his receding hairline. <laughs> so, we did go, Kevin Costner. Um, maybe stick to Field of Dreams. <laughs> Just you did good there. Be good. He did do Tin uh, Cup, which came out the next year, and I enjoyed that movie. That movie's fun. That That's golf? a good movie. It's about yes. golf. Yeah. That's why I never watched it. I was like, golf. With Renee never Russo. Well. Renee nice. Russo, queen. Yeah. yeah. That's a good one. Um, we have Jean Triplehorn as Helen. Um, I feel like I have always seen her face. I mix her up with, oh, God, who is she? The actress that I mix her up with. Um, she just played the principal in Moxie. Uh, Marsha Gay Harden. Oh, commi- yeah, I can I, see that. I mix those two up occasionally. Um, Academy she Award would later go on to star. Marsha Gay Harden. <laughs> Academy Award winner, <laughs> Marsha Gay Harden. Sorry, Marsha. Um, she would later go on to star in Big Love with mm-hmm. the child star of this movie, Tina Majorino, who I fucking love Tina Majorino. Like, she, she can do no wrong in my eyes. Like, you could tell me she had a bad performance, and I'd be like, I don't remember it. They're Doesn't both count. in Big Love? Mm-hmm. Okay. I've never seen that show. Yeah. Bob looks over me, and he goes, is that the girl from Napoleon Dynamite? And I go, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that movie. I do, too. I do, too. I, I've tried you to watch what? it, like, three times. I'm I was like, like, I, was no. like I am just not getting this. Like, no, me, too. <laughs> this is not for me. Me, too. In an odd twist, I really enjoyed it when it came out. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I just get this. Quirky. It's weird. Dude's no, a Mormon. Wasn't for I don't me. know. It was funny. Um, yeah, Tina Majorino. Obviously, she has a special place in my heart. Um, the f- their first choice was actually Anna Paquin, oh. which makes sense because she'd recently done. She won the Academy. Was it Supporting Actress Academy Award for the Piano? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think I think she did a good job in this. Like, I was actually really impressed with her acting chops for a kid. Like, I've been seeing. I've been watching some other stuff recently and like kids just come off as like kind of wooden and like I really believed her. It was like uh, the delivery of her lines was really smooth. Yeah. Oh, and I know Graham, like you were talking about the like cheesy part where she's like doing her monologue of like he doesn't have a name so death can't find him. He doesn't have a home or people to care for. He's not afraid of anything. Men least of all. He's fast and strong like the big wind. He can hear a hundred miles and see a hundred miles uh, underwater. He can hide in the shadow of the noon sun. He's right behind you and you won't even know till you're dead. Do you think and Kevin like, Costner you know wrote like that? that? Yes. And I was like, ma'am, you've known him for 17 hours. Calm and he's down. been kind of a dick to you the whole time. He cut your hair without your consent. He tried to drown you. <laughs> yes. He taught her how to swim. Listen, kids, you can either have very traumatic experience or you just flip around and you're like I just love this person oh my god kids they don't make sense I thought Quite she was fine she, she's I've good. seen I mean, she's good fine no she wasn't she, was uh, she was I mean she 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 sold that monologue I will tell you that sure she did and she was you know I, I feel like at that time period the kid actors weren't as um precocious or um acting older than they really are you know yeah, and especially in the early aughts, you got a lot of that. Like, oh, this kid's really smart. They know the world, and they're eleven. Like that, like Chloe Grace Moretz in Five Hundred <laughs> Days of Summer, which is, <laughs> ooh, that character. Oh God, Haley Joel Osment in in, uh, in um, Sixth Sense. Six Sense. Well, he was seeing dead people. He had a reason to feel. <laughs> 
Coast. He had a reason this, to be fucking weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I got a lot of, like, Hook vibes from this, and I was like, I know Hook was a couple years earlier, so she was probably too young to be in it, but I was getting a lot of, like, Hook vibes, but Hook is so much more fun than this. I mean, they do talk about this as being, like, a pirate action flick. Um, sure. And I recently rewatched Hook, and you know what? It was so much fucking fun. Yeah. Robin Williams... Is still a national treasure. Rest yep. in peace, Robin Williams. Um, it was a great movie, but I yeah, don't I really like liked that it. movie either. <gasps> Weird. I don't. I think it's forty Graham. minutes too long. I'm like, let's just cut to the chase. Come on. <laughs> I, I I mean I haven't watched it in a long time, but I always liked it. It, it was the first movie I ever saw when I wore glasses. <laughs> I went on my birthday in 1991. <laughs> wow. I feel like, Graham, you and I often will, like, vibe on a lot more movies, but I am just really learning things where it's very disparate. Yes. Like, didn't like Napoleon Dynamite. You didn't like Hook. Graham, I know this is totally is off on? topic, but, um, and this would be a lot of movies because you're old, but do you know... <laughs> me, me specifically? Yes. Because <laughs> I, I am two months older Graham is than Anne. two months older I was than gonna me, ask... and Katie's, like, several months younger than no, us. No, I meant, Graham, like, we're you all, are the older we're all one. old. Okay. No, all of us. You haven't one. even heard why Graham's I said that. I was gonna okay. say, I know you go to a movie every year on your birthday. Yeah. I kind of want to know what they all were. Oh, God. Um, okay, I can name a few. Okay, okay. Okay, 1990 yeah. was Kindergarten Cop. 1991... <gasps> Excellent choice. ...was Hook. 1992 was Muppet Christmas Carol. Hello. Obviously. Um, I'll probably fast forward. I think in 97, I went and saw the Tim Allen, Kirstie Alley, For Richer or Poorer, where they were rich people that got caught in this scam and had to go live as Amish people to escape the feds. Oh, my. Oh, I've seen oh that. Oh, God. I vaguely Oh, my God. That. I totally watched it. Uh, I think the Prince of Egypt was the Emperor's New Groove, a sp- Absolutely. Yes. I went on my seventeenth birthday to go see that. Love that movie. Those are a couple. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I want to at I'll some have to point think of the other ones. I yeah. want to. Yeah. I want to know all of yeah, them. Yeah. I want a full list. Yeah. I really want to see this. Waterworld. Yeah. Waterworld. <laughs> sorry. Yes. Back to Waterworld. We had the delight that is Dennis Hopper as Deacon. I seriously like. At first, I was like, oh, Dennis Hopper, and then I realized, no, Dennis Hopper is a gem. I want to. Wa- I want to start watching more stuff with Dennis Hopper. Mm-hmm. Um. The people who turned this down, Samuel L. Jackson, so he could be in Die Hard with a Vengeance, smart, Gary Oldman, and he flipped a coin and took the Scarlet Letter instead. I mean, that's too bad. Uh, Have you seen that Scarlet Letter? I have not. Ooh, that is a, it is not the book. (laughs) (laughs) That came out this year. That was a huge bomb, too. Well, Gary, could have... You were just screwed over one way or the other. I could see him in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Also turned down by Gary Busey and Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne would have been been too... You know what? He would have been too shrill. Yeah. And I know that's a word that's usually reserved for women, but fuck you. Gary Busey would have been shrill. This helper just was a good mix of... um, Like, he was... They kind of just didn't hide the fact that he was kind of an idiot. (laughs) <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like he was, he was dumb. He's like, I'm just making shit up as I go, you know, <laughs> but he knew how to wield power. Yeah. He knew how to manipulate and get what he wanted. Even if he didn't have a long-term plan, mm-hmm. you know, which feels very of the smokers. It's very immediate and like have to get it right now. You know, um, I did like some of his lines, some of his favorite lines. Um, he goes, how about a cigarette? Nothing like a good smoke when you miss your mom. Never too young to start. (laughs) (laughs) Or like when when it's the first action sequence and they have the gunner who is shooting and Kevin Costner was like starting to pull him around. And so you could see that he was going to start shooting the smokers and everyone's yelling, Chuck, Chuck. And (laughs) Dennis Hopper goes, maybe he doesn't answer to Chuck. Call him Charles. Yeah, that was funny. That was good. Charles, Charles. (laughs) <laughs> see, that's funny. So that was funny good. That was good. Which also, did you see a very young Jack Black as one of the pilots? No. Yes. That's yes. Crazy. I was like, what? I yeah. thought it was funny. The little, like the young men next to him who were like, had their flags and doing like codes with their flags. And I'm just like, this looks gay. <laughs> <laughs> 
I've seen flag bearers like that at Pride. <laughs> <laughs> Signaling. Yeah, I just, I think, I mean, we've said it already, but just, it would have been so much more fun if, if everyone was, was, was like playing to the rafters and, yeah. and not like the good the good guys, if you will, were playing it so seriously. And it is, it is like two films in one. Yeah. It probably would have been more fun if, like, everyone was just over the top. Even if even if Kevin Costner was just the straight man and everyone else was just being ridiculous, that probably would have been better. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's like, it's, it's like a lot of the vibes didn't match up. Um, when we were watching it, the thing that Bob brought up is that the score was so off. Oh, yeah. I noticed that, too. I, that like, was something I wanted to talk about, too. You guys know me. I don't pay attention to shit like that because I either just, like, feel it or I don't remember it. But it was done by um, Mark Isham. And he... Um, they, they said that the music that he initially created was too ethnic and bleak. Um because it it wasn't contrast. Yeah, I know. I was like, oof, that's okay. yeah, that's ethnic, right? It's like, mm, what kind of <laughs> code is that? Yeah, and um, yeah, they asked him to like try again, but then he was replaced by James Newton Howard with mm. like, and he approached it with like a swashbuckling thing, and I was like, it was fucking weird. But yeah. also, Mark Isham also did the sound for Wyatt Earp and The Postman. So I was like, maybe you're just bad at sound because all of those were bombs. Maybe. No, but I I noticed well, that as well. There was like, if, if there was like an action scene or like the, the scene where like the, the Enola got taken or, or some, like tonally it was just really off. Like it would, it would be in the film, it was like a very like desperate or bleak or like, you know, a, a low peak in the in the story, but the music was like high and exciting and adventurous. Mm-hmm. So like and nothing matched. It was like preemptively victorious. Yeah, it without was weird. building enough of that tension. It was very and very. And this odd. is this is the thing that always upset me about our our film program is that it didn't focus enough on sound and sound design. Like you remember, we were still recording on Nagras. We were recording on fucking tape. And, like, there was one little studio that had Pro Tools, but there were no classes about learning how to do it. And it's, like, sound is what set shit apart. How did you not fucking train us in that? Or have us collaborate with the fucking College of Fine Arts where people were getting degrees in music. Like, how is that such a miss? B.U., answer for yourself. Yeah, right? (laughs) Yeah, B.U. Did you do better? Because then maybe I'll think about giving you money, but I, I still probably won't. I, I'm not going to. You're fine. You don't need my money. <laughs> I need my money. <laughs> yeah, it just is like, y'all, invest in sound. Invest in a right feeling, especially for an action movie. Like, you you need to build the tension. You need to have those relationships. Like, it's it's not like a non but it's this subtle thing that helps you buy into each part of the film and to care about it. And so to fuck it up, especially with a uh, freaking budget that huge, it's like, oof. And yeah. at, least, at least we saw what, where the budget went. Sometimes yeah. I'll, I'll hear about an expensive movie and go, well, what did you spend it on? <laughs> I was also hoping... Spend on some sick action sequences. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, yeah. I mean, like, I was actually hoping... Uh, I thought the uh, makeup effects were really shitty. Like, Dennis Hopper's eye looks like crap. Uh, even not not just the rock eye that he sticks in his eye because that's funny, yep. but like the actual eye or Kevin Costner's gills, you see him for a few seconds and there's even a couple shots where he doesn't have them. Uh, and I was kind of hoping have He's you just got- like red raw skin, yeah, sliced. Have you guys seen The Boys, the TV show? What's no. up? Oh, it's so good. It's it's basically a TV show about uh. Like, it's a riff off of the Justice League and if they lived in the world, but uh, kind of what that would look like. So they kind of work for an organization and it's it's really fucking good. Um, they're all kind of not great people. Mm. But uh, the, the guy who plays uh, the Deep, which is like the Aquaman, Kevin Costner, Waterworld kind of vibe, he's got gills on his stomach here. And so I was kind of hoping that we would see more gills or some something, but... Money did not go into practical effects. Mm-hmm. His gills did look like a vagina. A little bit. 
but like yeah. not a. How pretty would you one, know, Graham? I actually don't think vagina. I know what a vagina pretty. looks like, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> you look so proud of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it just, it's like Graham said, it was both too much and not enough. Like, they did, like, a video game tie-in. Sure. And, like, an OS video game. And it just, there's just, like, all this weird, I don't know. It's just, meh. It's not as bad as I thought it was when I was a kid. But it's just, eh, you know? Ironically, there is it, there were, or is or was a show at Universal Parks, theme parks of Waterworld that was very successful. Really? Yeah, I okay, so I actually went to that as a kid and that is actually wildly entertaining because it is really fun to see people doing jet ski tricks in person. And that also was like some of the best parts of the movie. I do like when the jet skis are under the water just like hanging out waiting to ambush um Kevin Costner. I was like, "Oh, that's fun." I thought it was really scary when that one guy got um, pinned by the jet ski when <laughs> Kevin Costner. I was like, what a way to go. Oof, yeah. I like when Kevin Costner uh, kills the two guys on the jet skis by just holding them under the water and drowning them. Yeah. I kind of felt bad for them. I was like, they're just guarding. They're doing their jobs. You know who else was just doing their jobs, Graham? Oh. <laughs> Graham! <laughs> <laughs> Final, um, <laughs> final ideas. Would you watch this again, Graham? No, I would fast forward to certain parts of it, but I wouldn't watch the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Katie, uh, I don't remember the last time I saw it. It must have been like, like I don't mind watching it once every like decade. Uh, you know, it's just it's just a fun, dumb thing. It had been so long that I didn't remember like the end or some bits of it, and I was like, oh, okay. Um, so, you know, I probably will at some point, but I'm I'm not going to, like, race to be like, every year I must watch Waterworld. Mm. It's not like Muppet Family Christmas. It's not going to be a yearly oh, thing it's not for a you. tradition. not a tradition, but I pr- I'll probably watch it again at some yeah. point. Yeah. I would rewatch the action sequences Yeah, if they – came up on YouTube or <laughs> social media. I was going to say, like, if it was on TV, but, like, I don't have access to a traditional TV or cable, and so I would have to actively seek it out. Well, maybe your phone's listening to you right now, so the next time you go on YouTube, it'll probably be algorithmed right up there. I mean, it is, but, you know, Waterworld is leaving Netflix on April 30th. Oh, yeah, that's where um, I watched it, too. It was on Netflix? So, yeah. yeah. Did you pay for it? God damn it, I paid for it. <laughs> There are I a lot of not. different ways you could pay for it. Amazon, yeah. YouTube, a few others. No, it Tubi was on Netflix. Or whatever. Um, but yeah, it was on, it was on Netflix. Uh, so. There goes $4 and we're going to get back. I could have gotten a nice Never coffee. <laughs> could have. And which one would have been a better experience? Yeah, coffee. coffee. <laughs> I'm sorry, and then, and then Katie. The what would have been? Afterwards. The coffee? Well, sure. Yes, that. Not the poop that you take afterwards that then, like, a human being would be recycled. You know, there ain't nothing like that post-coffee poop. <laughs> I don't know. I don't drink coffee. And so. then no, I agree. Afterwards, you just turn the dial on that tushy and you go to town. <laughs> I mean, tushies are amazing. What just if, get a bidet, Graham, everybody. What get if the tushy bidet. sprayed coffee? Ow. <laughs> no, like cold coffee, not hot coffee. I... I cold press then your because then your butt would be caffeinated well isn't that the thing like you could put you could like it's help not people a coffee put, enema it doesn't go inside it'll energize you. you right yeah because it's, some it's, people it's, put alcohol in their buttholes to get yeah. really drunk yep yep i don't just, not, i am not just, speaking from experience i, I know i just want to talk to those people and be like oh honey i think those people are called alcoholics talk. coffee goes here in your mouth not coffee your here not there. No. When you have a coffee enema, like, is it is it like grounds? What is it? Oh, <laughs> I don't know because it just seems no. like a terrible idea. Guys, I just think enemas, for the most part, are bad ideas, right? Let's stay away from them. Just say. Okay, that's true. Get that water clear. Oh, God. Clearly outside of my experience, so I should probably yeah. just, uh, just, for me in my life, uh, I'm going to try to avoid them. Um, Godspeed. Well, that's good. I mean, this. so. <laughs> <laughs> I have my coffee one all, all ready to go. I need a pep in my step. 
Yeah. Cut my bum. <laughs> we Such are 37. Such a turn our conversations take. <laughs> Such a turn. Well, um, watch Waterworld at your own uh, risk, your own peril. Uh, decide if that's something you want to do. Um, but y'all, we are going to do something really fun right now. Um, the three of us decided kind of last minute that we're going to do our own mini Let Me Introduce You Awards. Um, season over the last two awards. seasons. Because it's our season finale. Yay! Season finale. Um, so... We have decided to give awards for picture, director, actor, actress, supporting actor, supporting actress, and screenplay. Um, maybe in future seasons, we will get our shit together and open it up for y'all to yes. to vote in. Um, just took a little more time and set up than we had time and capacity We have for, lives. And it's a fucking pandemic. Still. It's still a pandemic. Well, I'll, go th- I'll name a category and we all name who we pick. Okay. And what we had to do was we we could only pick for ourselves from the movies that we've done episodes for that we specifically have not seen. So all of my awards are for movies that it was the first time I ever watched them on this program. So, okay, I was not aware of that rule. I so know. We, we switched I, it up a little bit. I, I, mine are not, so apologies. That's fine. Yeah, I, I stuck to that rule and it was it's hard. hard. Yeah, because some of the stuff that we've so hard. watched is is not good. No. So, but this will be fun. So, usually the Oscars, they start with a supporting category. So, we're going Best Supporting Actress. Always my favorite category of the Oscars. Um, so, Kitty, who's your pick for Best Supporting Actress of the Let Me Intro You Awards? Our it was annual. no contest. Madeline Kahn from Clue. Yes. Oh, because that was the first time you saw it. Yes. yes. Perfect. Yes. Perfect. Ashley. Flames. 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 Oh, that was a good. Episode. The side of my heaving. Heaving. Breathless. Breathless. Yes. Close totally second. Impact. That is a fucking actress. Kitty, I hope... If I could have chosen that, I would have. I hope your close second was Eileen Brennan from the same movie. Yes. Okay. Yes. But Madeline Kahn mm-hmm. edged, yeah. edged it out. Ashley? Um, Obviously, I chose Dame Judi Dench. In Cats, because oh, I just really like oh, her. God. Wow. I was like, that's, just the fact that she chose to be in the movie, I don't even care about her performance. Yeah. Like, you're, you get it. You're Wonderful. Dame Judy. You're Dame Dench. My choice is a fearless performance. Uh, the What this woman had to do in this movie was out of control. Um, she had to eat her ear. Um, <laughs> yes! None other than Elizabeth Moody. As the mother in the mother zombie in Dead Yay! Alive. <laughs> nice. I love her. Good choice. Good choice. All right, best supporting actor. We'll we'll I'll start and then we'll go Ashley and Katie. Yep. Um, this one was kind of hard for me, but I thought about a performance that really moved me to tears and made me angry at you, Katie, for picking this movie. I picked Max the Dog from I Am Legend. Oh. Oh, that's a good one. That's such a good pick. That's a good one. I should have picked Max. Ashley? It's Sam the dog. Oh, shit. I picked (laughs) Sam the dog. (laughs) Sam the dog. In my head, I'm like, wait, Max was the dog from The Grinch. Her name is Sam. I picked the dog from I Am (laughs) Black. The dog. dog. Um, Katie, you will delight in this. I picked Dan... O'Herlihy as Connell McCochran in uh, Halloween three, Halloween three, season of the witch, because oh I just thought it was fucking absurd and oh it was ridiculous. Oh and I was God. like, yeah, yeah, that's really good. Well, uh, then I picked, uh, I picked the what seemed like the best in my head, which was Christopher Guest in Spinal Tap. Wonderful. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Which was really hard to pick between him hard. and Michael McKean, but I was like, nah, I give mm-hmm. it to Guest. See, I'm so jealous because you got to pick from This Is Spinal Tap. It's so fucking good. I sure did. We're transitioning to Best Screenplay. So, mm. original, we combined original and adapted because whatever. Um, so, Katie, what is your Best Screenplay? I um, also picked This Is Spinal Tap. Okay. Okay. Because it, it because was you love such, improv, mm-hmm. such a joy that had gotten written for the screen. So yeah, mm-hmm. I picked Spinal Tap. 
Ashley? Little Shop of Horrors. Oh! Yes. I picked this as Spinal Tap, Katie. Ooh! Oh, Ooh. yay! You guys my choice. Yay! Our musicals were a hit. Okay. Best actor. I'll go first. This is going to get boring. I considered him a lead, Michael McKeon, and this is Spinal Tap. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I picked Will Smith in I Am Legend because oh. to carry that whole film, I was like, all right, all you right. did good, Will Smith. I believed it. And, like, he he was a little Will Smithy, but he also, like, he really started to show more of his acting chops through yeah. that. You know, like, we got to see a wider range. Mm-hmm. That's good. I picked uh, John C. Riley in Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story, because uh, he just really made me laugh. And because of his evolution as all the different uh, music yeah. icons through time, mm-hmm. well, I thought he good. was wonderful. Right. And he played those instruments and really sang. Okay. Also, one of my favorite categories is Best Actress. Katie, who is your Best Actress? So, I have two. Okay. One is going to annoy a tie. you. I have a tie. <gasps> I have a tie. One not because... says Catherine Hepburn and Barbara Streisand. Yeah. <laughs> because... I was say, do they they split the statue in half? Do they split Oscar in half? <laughs> yes, each gets one side, like a Twix. Um, so one is going to make you guys mad, and then the other will make you happy. So I'll start with the one that'll make you mad. Uh, <laughs> I pick Claire Higgins in Hellraiser because I fucking love Julia so. You bitch! Much. You stole mine. I picked Claire Higgins. Kitty, she was my second choice. Yay! <laughs> To, to make it believable that you wanted to fuck Frank with those dirty, dirty ass nails. I know, oh, I know. For, like those to be put inside you. And just like that makeup and like her hair. I love her. Yeah. Uh, and then my, the other tie is obviously Shelley Long in True Beverly Hills. Oh, oh yes. First episode. Mm-hmm. Yes, Shelley Long. Uh, well, so Ashley, you picked. Uh, I picked Claire Higgins as Julia in Hellraiser. I picked Parker Posey in The House of Yes. Really? Mm-hmm. All right. I really enjoyed her in that movie. Okay. Best. If I, I feel like if I had actually watched that one, I would have really yeah. enjoyed it. I wasn't able to to make that one work. Mm-hmm. Best director. My choice. Katie. Uh huh. Peter Jackson, Dead Alive. Oh hey! <laughs> oh, nice. I'm so glad you love that movie because I yep. do. Yep. I was really close to also picking that, but I decided to go for Jim Fall for Trick. Oh, that's a good one. I thought that film was really well done. Oh, yay. Yay. So this is one where I didn't know the rules, so I picked Frank Oz from Little Shop of Horrors. Perfect. Perfect. That's fine. Love it. Love it. It's a goddamn delight. He's wonderful. Well, before we get to Best Picture, we have to give our first honorary award um, to our, our queen, of yes, the podcast who we really would love to have on at some point. Uh, Our patron a, saint. She's been a subject of three episodes that yes. we talked about before. The inaugural Tory Spelling Award goes to Tory Spelling in film. Goes to Tory Spelling. <laughs> Yes, Tori. If any, if any of our listeners have any connection to Tori Spelling, please let us know so yeah. we can present her with this award. Tell her of our 28 episodes, three have been movies that have starred her. Yes. And either it, a number of, of uh, sizes of roles. And they're mostly complimentary. Yes. Season three, we will do Mother May I Sleep With Danger. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yes. have to. We I've have only heard to. about it. I don't think Same. I've actually I've never seen it. Seen it. So we could do like a Lifetime movie. Um, oh my god, just, I have seen a lot of Lifetime original movies. I bet you movies. have. I bet, you have. Mm-hmm. So I, bet they, I probably have seen this one. <laughs> Who hasn't slept with danger? Um, <laughs> so thank you, Tori Spelling. We love you. Thank we you. you. Yeah. We love you? <laughs> question But I question love mark. that our, our, our Achievement Award is named after you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now the big one. Okay, oh, wait. Well, what? Do what? we want to do the bad ones before we Okay, so the what one? is the movie that was the absolute worst that you saw? Least favorite is either it's it's a tie, a tie again. I'm sorry. Uh, it's either Cats or Twilight. I okay could not stand both. Okay. Oh my God, Graham, go! You guys are gonna be so mad at me. I know mine what Graham's was, is. What is mine? Yours is Halloween three. Oh, mine is Halloween three. That movie's fucking yeah. garbage. <laughs> 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 I've never. I haven't thought. I've. It's unforgettable. I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Ashley. 
Um, mine is the one I was the most bored in. All the president's men. Oh no! Ashley, that doesn't count. You were on your phone the entire yeah, time. Yeah, you have to actually watch it. Because it didn't engage me. You were on your phone. You have to pay attention. Um, I watched at the beginning and I got fucking bored, okay? And then I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to recall. In that episode, things. you brought up certain parts of it. You're like, oh, that happened? That sounds really <laughs> Yeah, you're like, at the end of that episode, you're like, oh, I should watch it for the Very first time. episode, Ashley. I have yet to rewatch it. So, listen, my taste. Is a bit lowbrow. Let's be honest. It's a little bit mainstream. Um, and that was just, it was, it was too, too good. But I just don't think I'm good. And I don't think I'm a 70s movies person. Mm. I could see that. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, the big one, y'all. Best picture. Katie Kubert. Let's hear it. What was I, I don't want to go. Picture? I don't want to go first. I want to go first. Ashley, what's your best picture? Okay. So um, I choked because I forgot to pick this one. Oh. Um, so in my fear, of needing to pick it immediately, I decided that the best picture was the Hallmark movie that we watched. <gasps> That's never what kiss I did. A Christmas Are you serious? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was my pick Great too. Hallmark. <laughs> never because kiss a man in a Christmas sweater. It 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 was entertaining and wonderful all around. Uh, I I'm, picked that as well. I am so happy to hear that. <laughs> That wasn't actually a really good movie. That, that was like a good <laughs> really enjoyable. <movie>. That's what <laughs> I picked as well. And it y'all served up the story, yeah. and it knocked it out of the park. It was exactly what it said it would be. And listeners, if you haven't listened to our Hallmark episode, at least go to it and at least listen to the last twenty minutes because we yes. have a lot of fun in that episode. Yes, mm-hmm. my best picture. Yes, Dead Alive. <gasps> Shut I up! No, of the ones, yes, Katie, that is my absolute favorite one. I feel like I, yeah. I should, I, I feel like I've won everything because not only have I picked the worst movie of yours, but I picked yeah. the best movie. Right? Yeah. I feel like we need to give you an award. Yeah. Katie. Well, I mean, done. you know, I won't say that. Nice. Yeah, there should be like a uh, an achievement award of like you get the worst and the best. Oh shit! Yeah, the Spectrum Award of <laughs> yes. the Spectrum Award goes to Katie. For Yay, go me! <laughs> well done. I just like Ashley. You and I picked the Hallmark movie. I, I know, I'm really so like tickled by that. I love it. It was a goddamn delight. Mm-hmm. But yeah, y'all, this is the end of our season. I know. End of season two. We will be yeah. coming back. Uh, for everyone who who wants to know, we have some summer summer fun planned. Um, yeah. So we will we will be back. We'll be taking a little bit of an extended break, um, just to kind of regroup and, and yeah. plan some more fun things. And as things are opening up, we're like, hmm, <laughs> <laughs> life is going back to normal. <laughs> I know, not really, not really, but but yeah, we'll be back. Maybe we're, we're shooting for like July for just like a, a four episode mini summer series, and then. A little more break after that and come back raring to go in the fall. If you as listeners have ideas yes. of, of themes that you'd like us to consider in the future, we are all about that. Find us on Let Me Intro You Pod on Instagram. Send us a me- send me a message. <laughs> yeah, only do it on Instagram. But I think I mean can... I might find it on the Twitter, yeah. but we have some ideas of what we want to do, but I mean I think we had plans for season two and then they completely changed as we, yes. So we're, we're always up for, if you want to be a guest, obviously reach out to us. We love having guests. So our upcoming season are just going to be summer, summer centered films. Yes. Camp, summer vacations, beach stuff. So that's what (laughs) we're going to have our, our four episodes about in the, in July. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but Listeners, I like my pick. It's ridiculous. It's going to give you a clear insight into my filmic tastes. And you're also going to be like, how did they let you into film school? Yeah. Um, I'm excited. Oh, I love mine, too. I love mine. So, Katie, you haven't picked yours yet, I have not picked mine yet, but uh, I will. And we do um, have a guest for that. We will have a guest, which also I love the movie that they will be introducing. Yes, yes. But yeah. yeah. So also feel free to to submit any summary type movies you think Katie should pick. Yeah. Yeah. I need I need ideas. The the one idea that I had, um, I, it's not gonna not gonna work for us. So I gotta gotta think of something else. 
but yeah, we can't wait to have you guys to have everybody back uh, for our summer mini season. It'll be fun. Yeah. It'll be like, um, you know, in the 90s when 90210 had fresh, uh, fresh yeah. episodes in the summer. Think of us as the beach episodes from Saved by the Bell. Yes, exactly. I love those. Okay, that's yes. what we're doing. Yes. Those are good ones. That's perfect. <laughs> exactly. All right, y'all. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I hope you, hope you had a good time. Remember to make sure that you have subscribed on whatever your uh, podcast app of choice is so that when our summer mini uh, episodes come out, you can just hit that play button so hard. Yeah, make sure to follow us on the Instagram as well. So we will do be doing some promotion when we are going to launch mm-hmm. season two. So make sure to follow us so you know when that's coming. And give us five stars. Yeah. And write a review. Yes, yes please. please. I will make sweet. And also, like, if you do have criticism, be constructive. But don't write a review. Just send it to me. DM me. Just, just, just DM us on Instagram because Graham really wants a high adult GPA of yeah. podcast ratings. Yeah, there we I, I, I hold things like that very, very, very high in esteem. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, we will talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. 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 Let Me Introduce You is a podcast hosted by Graham Veth, Katie Kubert, and Ashley Crone. Music by Kevin McLeod. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 License. Make sure to follow the Let Me Introduce You podcast on Instagram at Let Me Intro You Pod and on Twitter at Let Me Intro You.